Now, these verses in Mark chapter 1, verses 9 through 15, is our first introduction to Jesus in our New Testament. As I said a second ago, Mark being the earliest written gospel of our New Testament, does not do like the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, which introduced Jesus with an extensive and detailed narrative, giving us backstory about his birth, his upbringing, his roots, his family, not dynamics. Instead, Mark introduces Jesus having told us only one minuscule detail about his life, Jesus coming out from Nazareth in Galilee. And once Mark tells us this, Mark then expedites the story, telling us that Jesus is then swiftly baptized, swiftly pronounced as the son of God from the heavens, driven into the wilderness, ministered to by angels. And after John is arrested, Jesus then reappears in Galilee. But this time he comes to proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, church, why do you think this detail, Jesus coming up from Nazareth, is so significant. Why would I lift that portion of the scripture up for our study in church today? Well, I lift it up because I am convinced that this one verse tells us the most important thing that we need to know in order to understand the revolutionary nature of the gospel. Nazareth, in the words of James Cone, is an agrarian ghetto. And Jesus is a man from the ghetto. And when he preaches the gospel, he preaches the gospel with a twist. And that twist, believe it or not, is his ghetto point of view. It is a view and a voice that raises up from an obscure and overlooked place. It is a view that speaks to the experience of obscure and overlooked people. Likewise, the gospel is a proclamation that stands in stark contrast to the politicized and the propagandized gospel of Rome. And the twist is that the good news of the kingdom of God does not descend from the seat of power in Rome. Rather, the good news is that the kingdom of God raises up. The kingdom of God comes up from the bottom. It comes up from the grassroots. And the good news is the kingdom of God comes up and comes out from the ghetto. In other words, this Black History Month, what I came here to tell you today, if you didn't know already, now you're going to know that, beloved, the gospel of Jesus is hip hop. The gospel of Jesus is hip hop. It is hip hop because like the genres of the spirituals, the blues, gospel and the jazz and jazz, the gospel of Jesus has its origins in the Psalms and protest hymns of enslaved and disenfranchised people, all of whom are trying to communicate the pleasures and pains of living life on the underside of society. Like hip hop, the gospel of Jesus is the product of the African diaspora. And to quote Michael Eric Dyson, sheds light on contemporary politics, history and race by amplifying a message of hope and liberation out from experiences of struggle. As a matter of fact, New York is the home of hip hop. From right here on Manhattan Island, all the way over to the Bronx, to Queens, Staten Island, and to Brooklyn. And it is the good, and it is the gospel according to Brooklyn's own, the, the, the prophet, the sage, the priest, the reverend, Sean Carter. Some of y'all might know him as Jay-Z, where he captures the synchronicity between hip-hop and the gospel perfectly when he raps 
Say that I'm foolish, I only talk about jewels. Do you fools listen to music or do you just skim through it? See, I'm influenced by the ghetto you ruined. That same dude you gave nothing, I made something doing. What I do through and through it. I give you the news. What they twist is just his ghetto point of view. A renegade, you've been afraid. I penetrate pop culture, bring them a lot closer to the block. These verses are the gospel of Jesus at his core. And these verses are hip-hop at its best. Why? Because it draws good news out from the lived experiences of those striving to make ends meet as a result of the systemic policies that have turned once thriving communities into ghettos. Men and women who know, like the protagonist in Ralph Ellison's novel, what it's like to be made to be invisible, coming out from a community that has been demonized, dehumanized, and criminalized. Can anything good come out from Nazareth. And Jesus gives the gospel, the good news of God, what they twist, that he might amplify the voices of degraded youth to penetrate the pop culture of his day by bringing us closer to the block, by bringing us closer to the day-to-day -day experiences of those who have been incarcerated to the realities of marginalization and obscurity. But I know that there might be some of you in church today who might ask, well, preacher, how is it that you can say the gospel is hip hop with all the violent, materialistic, sexist, misogynist, hedonistic and homophobic language that is in hip hop? Well, I'm glad you asked. So let me be clear that I am not giving hip hop a pass with much of its problematic expressions, nor Am I attempting to align Jesus's gospel with those expressions? But what I am here to say is that hip hop is much more than that. And like the gospel of Jesus, hip hop is rife with creative expression that is subversive to popular Eurocentric culture that is silent about the white corporate elites who line their pockets off black and poor degradation, critical of the words black folks say, but ignorant to the reason why we say them hypocritical to police condemn and criticize black speech yet failing time and time again to likewise police condemn and attack his own speech that is equally violent equally materialistic equally sexist equally misogynist hedonistic and homophobic hip-hop is much more than popular eurocentric culture's attempt at holding hip-hop and black culture to a moral standard that it never holds against itself Jesus wrapped it like this in the first century. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Woe to the blind gods who shame at a gnat, but swallow a camel. If you want to be critical of hip hop and black experience, don't tell black folk to clean the outside of our cup and dish while on the inside, you are also full of greed and self indulgence. And so if I can just quote the hip hop generation of Gen Z, when they say, Keep that same energy if you want to be critical of testimonies of poor folk, because time and time again, do we deride the genius of black people because we only have a surface level amount of engagement with the material they produce. Michael Eric Dyson says again that hip hop is pavement poetry, yet hip hop is not only poetry, but when you go a little bit deeper, you find out that hip hop is also protest. And not only protest, but hip hop is also prophetic, prophetic in its proclamation of truth to power, 
political in its analysis of the structures and systems of exploitation and abuse, artful in the imagery it evokes in the imagination of its hearers, conscious of the social realities plaguing its community, subversive in how it communicates the deep and hard truths through seemingly uncouth and inappropriate means. Do you listen to music or do you just skim through it? Thus, like the communities that birthed it, hip hop continues to be maligned and misunderstood, often imitated, but never duplicated, appropriated, but never appreciated. And just like the people whose stories and testimonies it communicates, we cannot afford to miss the way God shows up in our midst and people and places because it is simply packaged in a way that we wish it was not packaged in. We cannot afford to miss it because it comes out from the mouths of those we might naturally try to disregard or dismiss. We cannot afford to miss the gospel and what makes the gospel truly revolutionary, that the gospel is good news, but not just good news from anywhere. For Rome has a gospel. America has a gospel. White evangelical extremism has a gospel. But what makes the gospel of Jesus good news is not that it comes from anywhere, but that it is good news from the ghetto. And so, church, I have a question. How is it that the gospel as news from the ghetto can shape us in our movement to follow Jesus? How can it shape us as followers of Jesus. Well, I'm glad that you asked. And y'all, I am Baptist born, Baptist, Baptist bred. And when I die, I'll be Baptist dead. And as a true Baptist, I'm going to have to give you three points and a song and I'm going to sit on down. But the first thing we got to do in order to help us fo as followers of Jesus in, in this movement to follow Jesus, how the gospel is good news shapes that is it tells us to listen. The Bible says in verse nine, that Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee to be baptized by John the Baptist. There's another good Baptist in your text. We can talk about that some other time. And after John was arrested, Jesus began to preach the good news of God. But guess what? Folks had to listen. People from marginalized communities are always speaking and always revealing the truths to us that we need to know about ourselves and about our society. But the question is, church, are we listening? For generations, Black folks in America have been telling about the corruption and the moral ineptitude of the nation. We have said it in our music, in our writing, in our movies, in our art, and folks danced, folks laughed, folks clapped, but never listened. Folks have heard about the realities of racism, but never listened. Folks heard about police brutality but never listened. And when George Floyd was murdered, when Breonna Taylor was murdered, when Congress failed to convict a white supremacist insurrection and folks want to be shocked and appalled saying, I just didn't know the country could be this bad. That's because folks have not been listening. The gospel of Jesus tells us that we must Listen, and we must listen to the voices coming out from marginalized and stigmatized communities. We must listen because the time is at hand when we can no longer ignore the truths coming up from the underside of society. We must listen to the 300,000 residents in Texas without electricity because the neglect of their representatives flying off 
to Cancun. We must listen to their stories so we can be moved by the power of their testimony. And we must listen so that we do not miss what God is desiring in our world because the time is now. And as Jesus said, the reign of God is coming near. Church, it is important that for us as followers of Jesus in this Jesus movement, that we must listen. Second church, after we listen, the Bible of Jesus also demands, and I know some people ain't going to like this, but the gospel of Jesus also demands that we repent. Mm, let me just teach Bible for a second. Now, repent has some negative connotations to it, but, re but repent just, just simply means to turn. Repent means to turn. It means to turn from or to or return to. Thus, the gospel is demanding that we repent so we can turn from the systems and of empire and the systems of, of, of Rome that continue to keep the kingdom and continue to keep the reign of God at bay and return to the values and ideals of the reign of God that we do justice, love, mercy and walk humbly with God. We must turn from our selfishness and obliviousness to the injustices in our world, and we must return to loving our Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. But if you would just give me one more second, I'm going to push it a little bit further and say that repent is not only about turning from or returning to, but repent is also about turning in turning inward, that we might examine ourselves so we can get a clearer understanding about what God is calling for us and how God is wanting us to live our lives. During this season of Lent, we are called to turn in. And as one of our deacons said in the deacons meeting this month, Lent is not only about what we give up. Lent is not only about what we subtract from our lives, but also about what we add to our lives. Thus, we must repent. We must turn in so we can see what we may need to add to our lives. We may need to add some patience. We may need to add some understanding. We may need to add some vulnerability. We may need to add some faith. We need to turn in to see if we need to add some compassion, to see if we need to add some empathy, some willingness to forgive others as we also try to forgive ourselves. The nation needs to turn in to address the deep-seated cultural hatred that continues to seep into our common life. The gospel of Jesus demands that we repent so we can not only turn, but we can also face where God is. And when we face where God is, we can then see where God is. And when we can see where God is, we can then see what God is calling for us to see. We must repent. We must turn from the death-dealing powers of the world so we may continue to move toward the revolutionary love that has come near in God's reign in the earth. And so after we listen, after we repent, here's the third thing, and I'm going to sit down, is that we must believe in the gospel as good news from the ghetto. Mm. 
we must believe that the kingdom of heaven has come near you in the body of a black man from the ghetto. And we must believe that it was on this body that the spirit of God descend from heaven saying, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. We must believe that the kingdom of heaven has come near you in the body of a black man from the ghetto. We must believe the good news that we serve a God who has come not only to flip over tables, but also to flip over our sensibilities. We must believe the good news that God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to bring to shame those who are wise, that God had incarnated God's self in a black body, that God had co-labored with a black woman, that God has conspired with black community so that all God's children who have been marked black, whether you are black of skin or black because of your experiences of oppression, that all God's people who have been marked black would know justice and know peace. We must believe that we serve a God who makes themselves at home among black bodies. And those black bodies that stretch from Brooklyn to Benin, from Atlanta to Angola, from Southside Chicago to South Africa, from Crenshaw to Kenya, that all God's people will know that they are loved and that they are a part of the gospel story. Don't you know that is true that for me and for you, the world is a ghetto. There is no need to search anywhere. Happiness is here. Have your share. If you know your love, be secure. Paradise is love to be sure. We serve a God from the ghetto because as Kelly Brown Douglas said, God's story is the black story. And the black story is God's story. And all of that together is the Christian story. And beloved, I'm here to tell you that that also is hip hop. So let us listen, repent, and believe the good news from the ghetto that we might celebrate the coming of God's reign near us once again. Let the church say together, amen.